Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You've likely heard someone say it. There's a pretty good chance you've even said it yourself. You probably didn't even think twice about it, a remark that's become commonplace. That's a bad school. Sound familiar? In the age of school choice, reputation is everything. Test scores on the evening news, school rankings in the paper, even real estate websites have joined in, telling prospective homebuyers which neighborhoods have quote-unquote failing schools. And when there's a bad school, there's always a good school to compare it to. For every worst, there's a best. But when we adults use these words, what are we actually trying to say? What are these reputations really about? And most importantly, who's listening? It's a dreary morning in late May, and Iroquois High School's cafeteria is buzzing with nervous energy. Teens are clustered in small groups spread out across the linoleum floor. Some are fidgeting with their outfits. Others are making sure their hair sits just right. After more than a year of remote learning, it's the first time these 280 seniors have been together. It will also be the last. Listen up! Eyes in! You gotta listen to Ms. Frazier. We gotta get you rolling, we gotta get you out there quickly. Yes, we, we are in a race to beat the race. Like seriously, we gotta get this done quick. So we all don't get through it. Here is what I need. Um, Within minutes, Iroquois' class of 2021 is out the door and on their way to the school's football field. It's already started to sprinkle, and it's leaving polka dots on their baby blue caps and gowns. Ahead of them, their families are piled onto the field's metal bleachers. Many of them are chatting in languages other than English. In a sea of mylar balloons and open umbrellas, parents crane for a good view of their kids as teacher Austin Norid keeps the procession line moving. Wait. I know her. He said, yeah, speed up the wall. Okay, go. I gotta speed it up? Okay. And go. Wait. And go. Wait. And go. Just need him a little bit spread out. They need to walk faster is what it is. You gotta walk fast. Walk fast. He said that. Walk fast. Congrats. Six miles away, another set of graduates have already made it to their seats, a carefully plotted grid on DuPont Manual's soggy football field. From high above, their gowns form a crimson M, offset by a crisp white, even with the translucent ponchos they had to throw on at the last minute. 
a drone flies over, capturing the picture. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Dr. Newman, principal at DuPont Manual High School in Water Pass, and it is with great honor and pleasure that I present to you DuPont Manual High School's Class of 2021. Principal Newman is dressed in full academic regalia, including a puffy doctoral cap over his strawberry blonde hair. You couldn't tell he'd been named Manuel's principal just three months earlier. For four years at DuPont Manual High School, the class before you has personified the school model of diversity, excellence, and tradition, with distinctions that follow uh, that include the following. And please hold your applause until the end. 210 valedictorians who have maintained at or above a weighted 4.0 GPA throughout their high school years. This actually happens to be a record for the school. One salutatorian, 408 students graduating with a 3.3 GPA or better. 37 national merit semifinalists, the most in the state. One presidential scholar, 35 governor's scholars, and 32 governor's school for the art students. Congratulations, students. 472 manual seniors received their diplomas that morning, a nearly 100% graduation rate for the school. Back at Iroquois, where only three in four students who started out in the class of 2021 would cross the stage. Principal Rob Folk took his turn at the mic. I'm not going to speak long because it's going to get wet pretty quickly. I do want to welcome all the parents, grandparents, aunties, and uncles out today. At an Iroquois graduation, I expect you as parents to cheer loud for your kids as they come across the stage. Be loud, be proud for them. But after we read a name, chill out for a second so that we can read the next one so they can get their moment to shine as well. As we begin our commencement activities, though, I do want to recognize two things. One, the returning class of 2020 graduates that are joining us today so that they can walk. And on a more somber note, the pandemic and the rash of violence in our city has cost us a lot of students over the past year. I'd like us to take a moment and take a moment of silence to reflect on the students that didn't make it across the stage today. My name is Mandy McLaren. I'm a reporter for The Courier-Journal in Louisville, Kentucky. You may have guessed by now which public school around here is called bad and which one is known as the best. But just in case, these TV news clips make it pretty clear. 
more fallout on this classroom chaos at Iroquois High School following this fight between a student and a teacher. Last week, the U.S. Department of Education named Manuel High School a 2020 National Blue Ribbon School. And a late developing story today, several female students at Iroquois High School were involved in a fight today, resulting in the principal there also being assaulted. DuPont Manual High School gets named Kentucky's best high school. That's according to U.S. News and World Report rankings. Manual has been given the honor several years in a row now. Iroquois and Manual sit at the extremes, but they aren't the only schools pitted against each other. In Louisville, it happens all the time. Because in this community, there's one question you just can't escape. Where did you go to school? Folks aren't asking where you went to college. They're asking where you went to high school. For DuPont Manual graduates, it's not a scary question. They went to the number one public school in Kentucky, a school that produces more graduates bound for Ivy Leagues than any other in the state, a school whose alumni, including Senator Mitch McConnell, tend to have an outsized influence around here. Iroquois grads aren't so lucky. Just ask Zyron Hibbett, a senior at Iroquois this year. Everybody knows Iroquois and Dirty Eyes like a, a nickname that you don't like. In case you didn't catch that, what Zyron said was the dirty eye. Like, and it's, it gets annoying. It's like, I don't know, the word dirty is just disrespectful. It's like, you may not have the most expensive things, it may not be the most eye appealing but it's still our school. Both Manuel and Iroquois are part of Jefferson County Public Schools. I've been covering the district for four years. I'm not from here, though. I grew up in a small town in Massachusetts where there was only one high school. But here in Louisville, with its nearly 100,000 public school students, there are high schools dotted all over Jefferson County, from the city's majority black West End to distant and mostly white suburbs. This city-county setup makes JCPS relatively unique. It's the result of a 1975 federal court order that forced the merger of Jefferson County's predominantly white suburban district with its urban neighbor, the nearly all-black city district. There's a whole other podcast to be told about the impact of that court order and Louisville's history with busing. But for now, what's most important to know is why all this started in the first place to ensure all students had equal access to a quality education. Today, JCPS is roughly 40% white, 40% black, and 10% Latinx. About two-thirds of all students come from low-income households. A 2007 U.S. Supreme Court decision forced JCPS to change its integration approach but buses still crisscross the district every day, bringing students from different backgrounds together, a fact that's earned Jefferson County national praise. That's what makes the juxtaposition of Iroquois and Manuel so boggling. It's like they're operating in entirely different realities. Nearly all of Manuel's students are from well-off homes. Nearly all of Iroquois students live in poverty. Few Manuel students are black. Even fewer are Latinx. At Iroquois, it's the opposite. Just one in five students there is white. It's disparities like this that frustrate Cheryl Brown Henderson. And of all people, she has the right to be frustrated. 
It was her family at the center of Brown versus Board of Education, the 1954 U.S. Supreme Court decision barring segregated schools. Henderson is now 70. She was at her home in Florida when I spoke with her on the phone earlier this year. You know, I don't know how we address it. Of course, we have to identify what's going on first and own it. And then once that happens, then real conversations can take place that can possibly address it. But if people aren't willing to acknowledge that the disadvantages that occur uh, occur because of intentional actions, then how can any change be made? Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of.、Uh... Human remains that are left. Listen to "Where Secrets Go to Die: The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan" from the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zyron, who you heard from before, is black. He's seen his family struggle with money. When I met him last spring, he was back at Iroquois for the first time since March 2020, when the COVID-19 pandemic shuttered schools across Kentucky. Remote learning was really tough on him. Without full-time sports or in-person classes, he felt lost and out of touch. Learning, something he'd always been a natural at, was all of a sudden hard. He couldn't keep up with his virtual classes. Me, I'm not an online learner, and. Cause I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't the best student that I could be. Other things happened too. Things so traumatizing it would take time for Zyron to fully explain. But back at school, it was easy to see one reason why the shutdown had hit him so hard. What made him happy was making other people happy. Wherever Zyron went, there were laughs. Yeah, that is some dark. I don't, I don't love people being around me. Oh yeah, I, I drink black coffee. It's actually called Death Wish coffee. Wow, you get the coffee. That's why you be. That's why you be so happy. It's very good. Seven hundred. It's very strong coffee. Sure, John, does it go? Good morning, guys. I'm like, bro, it's just woke up. I followed Zyron, then a junior, through the end of the school year. For six weeks, I trailed him from class to class. I also spent time over at Manual, shadowing two other students, Brianna and Spandana. You'll meet them later. I did all this with the school district's permission, which, to be honest, surprised me a bit, because JCPS knew what I was there to do. I had been reporting on the district's integration plan, known locally as the Student Assignment Plan, for months. Reporter Olivia Krauth and I wrote a series of stories in early 2021, scrutinizing the plan. And the way it unfairly burdens Jefferson County's Black students, but I knew there was far more to the story, and it would explain why Iroquois and Manuel were allowed to live on the extremes. Manuel gets to pick its students; Iroquois doesn't. Ironically, it's all because of Jefferson County's integration plan. Iroquois is one of JCPS's 21 regular high schools. It has an established enrollment boundary. Which draws kids from some of the poorest neighborhoods in the county, including those home to Louisville's largest community of immigrants and refugees. Iroquois has to accept any kid who lives within its zone. Manuel, meanwhile, is one of JCPS's five standalone magnet high schools, 
each of which are part of the district's integration plan. Manual offers several specialized programs, from performing arts to math, science, and technology. Each was designed to have a magnetic pull, drawing a diverse set of students from across Jefferson County. The process of getting into manual is extremely competitive. There are always far more students applying to get in than there are open seats. Because of the rules the district has laid out, manual staff get to select who gets the golden ticket. And because of another one of those rules, manual can also kick out students who can't keep up, something at Iroquois and the rest of the regular high schools can't do. Like I said, different realities. When I asked Folk, the Iroquois principal, about this, he was cautious. He steered clear of the word magnet and didn't refer to any school but his own. Regardless of student assignment, we are charged with the essential mission of working with every student that walks through the door. Like, uh, that's public education. That's what we're called to do. So uh, that, that, to me, that is the fundamental of equity is that we, we, whatever the society sends us into our building, we've got to educate them. And, and, you know, we get that privilege and that responsibility. I had this conversation with Falk back in December 2020 on Zoom, with a JCPS spokeswoman also on the call. His words echoed what I had heard from countless other educators at schools like Iroquois, that their work was true public education. At the time, Falk was itching to get his students back into the building. He was already back and wasn't shy about how he dealt with having to work from home. But I, I, I absolutely hated it. Like Newman, Folk was relatively new to his school. He arrived at Iroquois in December 2019 after successfully leading another one of Jefferson County's regular high schools. From the get-go, Folk was determined to change Iroquois' reputation. But he didn't necessarily care about the community's perception. What mattered to him was how Iroquois students saw themselves. Early on, he asked them what they knew about their school, what made them proud to say they go to Iroquois. The kids kept pointing to the same thing, that Grammy-nominated artist Bryson Tiller had once gone there. Tiller, now in his late 20s, never made it to graduation. He dropped out of Iroquois to pursue his music career. The risk paid off. He since worked with the likes of Rihanna, and he's been nominated twice for a Grammy. So when Tiller contacted one of his old teachers before the pandemic, Folk saw an opportunity. And then what really, honestly, and, and just to be frank, kind of pissed me off about the pandemic was we were ready at our graduation. But Bryson Tiller reached out to one of his former teachers and wanted to graduate. And we had put together a program for him to complete uh, and become a high school graduate, and he did everything that was asked for him. And we were, like, stoked. Uh, we had set it up. We were going to be down at Freedom Hall. We were going to keep it quiet until the last minute. But we were going to have this man walk with his uh, the class of 2020, uh, uh, which would have just been huge in terms of culture yeah. uh, and for the building. And then no graduation. From there, the disappointments kept coming folks' way. If school for Iroquois students in normal times is hard, the pandemic made it exponentially worse. Data started showing which kids were the hardest to educate through a computer. 
kids with disabilities, kids still learning English, kids without Wi-Fi, kids who had to pick up minimum wage jobs during school hours to offset their own parents' job loss. All kids you'll find at Iroquois and in large numbers. And it's you know it's it's even more compounded for the fact that. You don't have the daily uh, reinforcement that you do in a normal school building, right? Um, it's so impersonal. Google Meets is so impersonal. Um, it makes it harder because you don't have that daily reinforcement of seeing a kid face-to-face, working with them in a classroom. Uh, how it impacts a school like ours uh, is just magnified. He didn't bring it up in that Zoom call, but I knew there was something else weighing on Falk's mind. Something that's always on your mind when you're the principal of a school like Iroquois. Losing kids to the streets. It had already happened, and it would happen again. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Iroquois finally reopened its doors on April 5th. From how Zyron tells it, the first day back was different. Here's him talking about it with Folk and some other students. They all had masks on, so their voices may sound muffled. What I was expecting, you know, coming to school would be like c- confusion by teachers about what, like, why am I here if, if I wasn't doing the work online. But it was like they understood, like, you some students can't learn online. And it was like coming into school was like open arms, music playing, even though it was too early for all that. <laughs> All the teachers dancing. Mascot. Mascot with a mask on. Mascot with a mask on. A blue blue carpet. It was just, I don't know. Then they was handing out gift bags, you know. It just seemed like... Also just felt very welcoming. Party was just very welcoming. Even though it was too early for all of that. It really was. It sure was. To make social distancing easier, all of Jefferson County's high schools reopened with a hybrid schedule, dividing their students in half. Zyron was a Monday-Tuesday student. Other kids came on Thursdays and Fridays. Wednesdays were remote for everyone. Zyron may have been annoyed by teachers being over the top on the first day. But once things settled down, he had a new gripe. The hallways were too quiet. It felt weird. He wanted Falk to at least pipe in some crowd noise, like he'd seen the NFL do. Instead, what Zyron got was more cheesy music, this time played during passing periods, including, I noticed, a surprising amount of Bruno Mars. But it wasn't just the hybrid schedule leaving Iroquois hallways quiet. Most students there opted not to come back in person at all, instead choosing to finish the year online. Iroquois had one of the lowest return rates among all of JCPS's high schools. A lot of the kids who didn't come back had picked up jobs with daytime hours. Others, the school hadn't heard from in months. 
When I was around, Zirin's classes never had more than five students in them. Sometimes he was the only one. Zirin didn't know it, but over at Manual, the hallways didn't feel weird. They felt pretty normal. District data says 70% of Manual students opted to return. The classes that I visited there weren't packed, but it felt a lot more like school. There were enough kids to partner off in class or to debate the best way to solve a math problem. With AP exams and final projects coming due, the manual students seemed just as stressed as they would have been in a normal year. Aside from the face masks, you could have guessed the pandemic never even touched manual. As I reported this story, I often wondered what it would have been like for Zyron if he had gone to manual instead of Iroquois. There's a reason why I thought about that so much. Because back in the eighth grade, Manuel was where Zyron was headed. There was like, I was on the list and like the pending list. Then I ended up getting some trouble and I got a, like a rejection letter. And I was like, ah. Oh. That trouble Zyron got into, it involved the police. At the time, Zyron was living with his grandparents in Newburgh an historic neighborhood just east of the Louisville airport that was founded in part by African-Americans freed from enslavement. According to Zyron, Newburgh is a place where folks look out for each other, including a woman named Miss Emma, who will spend hours picking up trash to keep the community clean. It's also a place, he told me, where little kids can't wait to celebrate the Newburgh Days Festival every summer, with its carnival rides and parade. But Newburgh, by Zyron's account, is also a place where it's easy for kids to get sucked into street crime. Though that's where he was living when he got in trouble, he was going to middle school on the east side of Jefferson County, where families tend to be whiter and wealthier. Zyron was part of a Montessori magnet program at his middle school. He made good grades and excelled at sports. Teachers assured him that, just like his white classmates, Manuel was in his future. So he pictured himself there. He saw himself playing for Manuel's powerhouse football team, cracking jokes with the friends he'd made in middle school, graduating and going to a good college. After all he'd heard about good schools and bad schools in Louisville, Zyron believed a diploma from Manuel would change his life. But back home in Newburgh, he found it impossible to avoid trouble wanting to fully fit in with his East End classmates and afford the same brand-name clothing they wore, Zyron wanted some of his own cash. He ended up doing things he knew he shouldn't have done, and that's when the police became involved. And once that news made its way to Manuel, his shot at becoming a student there ended. He tried to apply to another school, but it was too late. He had to go to Iroquois. I was devastated for real I was like man because like all the negative things I heard about it and me being the person I was I'm like I just know I'm going to get in a whole bunch of trouble as soon as I walk into school it was tough to hear Zyron say this I'd seen pictures of him when he was just 14 he looked like a little kid he was pudgy he had a baby face still soft around the edges it was unsettling to think about how that boy in the picture really thought his future was doomed. I couldn't grasp what it must have felt like for Zyron, 
who had such big dreams for himself at Manual, to think his entire life had shifted just by being assigned to Iroquois, a bad school. The thing is, schools like Iroquois don't just end up that way. Schools like Manual, the good ones, don't just end up that way either. In Jefferson County, it was all but inevitable. Each new magnet, busing plan, and boundary line sealing their fate. Because at one time, Manual was the school parents avoided, and Iroquois was the one on top. If you haven't already, please subscribe to A Bad School on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate the show. A Bad School is reported and produced by me, Mandy McLaren. Editing by Laura Unger. Sound engineering by Jeff Fonder. Mary Irby Jones is our executive editor. Special thanks to Chandler Hopeful and Adam Fish. This has been a production of The Courier-Journal in Louisville, Kentucky, a member of the USA Today Network.